Welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia. This is episode 214. I'm your host, Ryan, and joined by my hosts, Jacob and Chris and Josh. <laughs> and then also, we have a couple guests with us. Um, so this is a huge episode. Um, let me go ahead and introduce our guests. We've got Marty Estes on the show again, returning guest. Um, we also have Tim Ulf uh, here and a newcomer, Ammon, is it Ayers? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Awesome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, guys. So, uh, quick, let's just see how everybody's doing before we get into the main topic, the great debate. Um, let me go ahead and toss this over to Marty. H- how is, uh, how's your day going? My day has been really good. Uh, today's my early day to wake up for work, so I'm a l- maybe a little bit out of it right now. Uh, but grocery shopping for the month is done. Chick-fil-A's in my belly. I can't be happier right now. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, and Ammon, how you doing? I'm doing doing pretty well. Um, didn't do much too much today. Worked a little bit. I wish I had Chick Fil A in my my belly. I don't, but otherwise, <laughs> very well. I am doing no fast food whatsoever, and so I haven't had any kind of anything like that recently. And I'm just like ah, cravings. <laughs> ah. All right, so uh, Tim, how you doing? I'm I'm jealous now because I don't have <laughs> a. Uh, we have Chick Fil A's, but they're so doggone busy right now because they're so new to Michigan that anytime you try to go there, there's lines, mm. you know, crazy lines. So, uh, but yeah, I I got to try it, uh, but I don't have Chick Fil A in my belly either. But uh, I've had a good day, uh, even considering that I have a cold. So, but. Tim, Tim, I hate to tell you, the line never gets any better. <laughs> yep. yeah. Ever. Just it's always going to be start. like that. You've just got you, you to dive app. in. I have the app, so I can order it and just go pick it up. So when, okay. I do you have, have that. to, to pipe least. in as well. The Chick-fil-A, uh, Chick-fil-A line is way better than any other line. They, <laughs> oh, yeah. They've figured oh, stuff yeah. out with that yeah. company. They should be running mm-hmm. America. Yeah, I've heard this rumor <laughs> that, uh, you know, that eventually – Chick-fil-A is just going to be part, put in charge of coronavirus testing? Yeah. Seriously, they should. <laughs> you know, just shove the thing up your nose, and you're like, ah, and they're like, my pleasure. <laughs> Have some nuggets. <laughs> hey, give me some chicken minis and a uh, peppermint chocolate milkshake. Oh, dude. Mm. <laughs> this is why we're friends. I get it. <laughs> All right. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, while I don't have Chick-fil-A in my stomach, I do have many uh, like specialty pizza slices. <laughs> so I'm very content. Um, I just did some work today. I just got out of class. Class was really well, although I may or may not have been doing a little bit of Metroid research in the background. So, uh, yeah, but it's been pretty good. It's going to be a pretty wild week. So... <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, having fun with this episode today. Cool. Josh, how you doing? 
Not too bad. Got some Arby's in my belly here, so that seems to be the thing for our family recently. Like every Monday. What what day is this? Monday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad here. Just the normal everyday stuff. It's not Monday, it's Arby's Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you gotta look for that cuphead stuff. And I actually found it. Yeah, quick side note. I, I we went to Arby well, we get Arby's in a lot anyway, but I went there probably like six different times making phone calls looking for this Cuphead stuff. And we finally found like two different toys because I'm 31 and looking for fast meal, <laughs> fast food meal toys. But yeah, I have a daughter, Wait, so it's justified. What kind of what kind of toys are they? Uh, Cuphead. They're the, it's hard to explain. If you ever see the Arby's toys, a lot of them are like these little disc looking things. Okay. Um, so there's that, and then you can like build the bosses out of these like paper craft things. Oh, that's so that was cool. pretty cool. Yeah, nice. I didn't know they were doing Jacob. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jacob, how are you doing this week? I'm all right. Just ready to record this episode. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> Good. All Let's right. Do it. So, so uh, tensions are about to get really high here. Um, we've got a lot of passion for Metroid. Every single one of us. And now we're going to be pitting a 2D Metroid experience against a 3D Metroid mm-hmm. experience. And the only person that's going to hold us all together and get us through this whole episode is our moderator, Tim. Tim, <laughs> what do you have for us tonight? All right, gentlemen. And uh, I'm excited to do this. I've actually been looking forward to this since you guys asked me to do this. Because uh, I know we've talked about this on in Twitter a lot. Marty and I have talked about this a lot. But it's basically, uh, you know, Metroid Prime versus Super Metroid. Or you can flip it if you prefer, Super Metroid versus Metroid Prime. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, you guys, if you think about it, these two games are representing 2D versus 3D, essentially. Yes. So this will be a good, this will be good to hash it out here and make the final determination of which is superior for the world, right? This is what we're going to go to the world and say... Hey, no more arguing about the topic. This is this is superior game, and this is what Nintendo should be making their primary uh, game, <laughs> right? Is that what we're doing, right? That's yeah. the point of it. End all, be all. Yes. Super. So there should be a decision at the end of this. Hopefully, no ties. There shouldn't be a tie, but you never know. Um, but again, I'm a huge fan of Metroid. Um, I like both games, and when I was asked, hey, which team do I want to be on, and I said, can I be on both? Because I like both. <laughs> um, but So I said, well, why don't you be the moderator? So, uh, But with that, I was able to... Um, with that, when you guys asked me that, I was, I was again, excited to get uh, be a part of this, And but I've never led a debate before, so I definitely had to research... Uh, do a little research in that and also do a little research in some of the questions we would be asking. Um, so with that, I did write down some of our categories that, and I shared it with you guys when we were discussing this. We'll be covering uh, four major topics uh, or categories, and uh, there will be a fifth as well that's a surprise to you guys with some surprise questions that you guys weren't prepared for. So, but the four topics or categories are controls and gameplay, graphics and music, experience and nostalgia, 
and uh, drop the mic section, which basically covers kind of your crossfire, final thoughts type things. I, but I figured uh, I would call it drop the mic. That's your last, not necessarily your last chance, but that's when you can, you know, say your bit and then drop the mic. Mm. But before we get into that, let's do this real quick. I wanted to present you guys with the information that was presented to me, which is your poll, the Nintendo Nostalgia poll that you guys did on Twitter today. You guys asked, if you played them both, which Metroid game do you think is best? Of course, we'll read off everybody's favorites in the special debate episode, which is now. And we'll feel free, we asked, you guys said, uh, feel free to leave a comment. And at the time when I pulled this, there was one comment. Hmm. Um, But the poll says that Prime is 56% versus Super Metroid at 44%. So it's something to keep in consideration when we're taking, uh, when we're having our little debate here. And um, one of the topic, one of the posts that was mentioned was from Spoonie Tech, and they said, "Prime just brings me into the world and atmosphere so much. Really feel like I've been a part of it. Super is an ex- excellent game, though. So it sounds like he was on the fence as well, but he he did uh, sound like he was going for Prime the most. Yeah." So, but before I begin, I want to ask you guys, let's introduce, introduce each of you, uh, and with the introduction, I know we, uh, Ryan, you kind of let us all in, you introduced everybody who was here, but I, ask, I want to ask a question of each of you from each side, and I want to also mention who's on which team. So, the question, or this, I'll start with the Metroid Prime side, first up is Chris, He's on the Metroid Prime side. And Chris, I want to ask you this question. And you guys, Chris, you're the first one, so you're on, you're on, uh, uh, you have to, you know, jump to the answer here. (laughs) Everybody else can think about it. Why do you think you're qualified to represent Team Metroid Prime? Metroid Prime is one of the first games that I was ever introduced to. And it was a game that really allowed me to transi- transition into playing games that were a little bit more childish into something that would allow me to appreciate gaming culture and why people love games so much because this is a game that isn't just about silly entertainment and gimmicks and stuff for me it was about this entire experience which includes level design uh, puzzles, bosses, and, and character development, and world building, mm-hmm. and music design, sound design. It, it, it wasn't just this simple, you know, uh, Garfield racing game. It's yeah. this, this grand adventure that is an experience that stays with you for the rest of your life. So Metroid Prime mean, means a lot to me in that way. Nice. Josh, you're second on the team for Metroid Prime. What? Do, why do you think you're qualified to represent Metroid Prime? So for Metroid Prime, um, first off, I, I had a GameCube at launch, like most Nintendo systems, and I had never really, uh, despite being a long-time first-party Nintendo fan since as far back as I can remember from the, from the early uh, SNES days, I'd never really played a Metroid game um, up until that point. So that was my first one I owned. It possibly was the first one I really played, so it was my real introduction to that series. Um, of course, I did go back and play Super, I think, on the Wii 
virtual console um, for the first time as well. And, it, and it's, it's, it is great in its own right. But for, for Prime, and I guess I'll get more into this later, um, I, just, I just feel like that was what really like immediately brought that world to life. Like All I knew before that was basically Samus and Smash Brothers. Um, so to me, that's just that's kind of what I think of when I think of Metroid or what I want from Metroid. Excellent. Thanks, Josh. Jacob, you're the third member of the team. Why Why do you think you are qualified to represent Metroid Prime? Okay, so, you know, when I think of the GameCube, um, Metroid Prime is the first game that pops in my head every time. When you ask me what defined a, a system, I think Metroid Prime. And um, I, for me personally, I had been a Metroid um, Fairweather fan, I guess. Like, I didn't really know the lore, um, but we had a Metroid game. On, we had Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. Um, so I had experience um, just playing a game I knew nothing about over the years. And by the time this game was coming out, like, this was my first Metroid game where I understood that I was... Um, like, there was real anticipation here. This wasn't just another game to me. This was something I was craving to dive into the world of and, and experience. Um, as, as weird as it sounds, it was, back then, it was nostalgia getting fed, um, because as a little boy, I'm playing the Game Boy, and you, ha- you didn't have any Metroid through 64 days, really, at all, um, and Fusion, obviously, was coming out the same time Prime was, but um, I was finally old enough to realize the depth of this franchise by the time this game was coming out. Um, so there was just a lot of personal hype and anticipation within within me. Um, and the game was unlike anything I'd ever played before. Kind of like what Chris said was, you know, I, you know, everyone knows that my background is from Rareware games mostly and, and that style. Um, and Rareware was no longer with Nintendo. So it was... It was a franchise like Zelda and Metroid that really filled the gap when Rare left. Um, for me, it, it really that started to whet my appetite more than anything. So um, this game captivated me, um, and it, it literally is one of the top games that I think about when you ask what my favorite, what my favorite games of all times are. So especially when we're talking about the GameCube, I think it defined. <laughs> Even though it sold so well, I feel like the game didn't sell good enough for how truly, truly amazing of the game it really is. And I'm here to fight for that tonight, so. I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, those are the three members of the Metroid Prime side. We'll switch over now to the Super Metroid side, starting first with uh, going from Jacob now to Ryan. Ryan for the Super Metroid, representing that side. Why do you think you are qualified to represent Super Metroid, Ryan? Oh, um, Super Metroid is my bread and butter game. The game that I play without even thinking, I'll just pick it up. Like, I've got nothing else Like I, I care about. Just I'll play that game, I'll play through it again. I, I play through it almost effortlessly. I know it like the back of my hand, um, inside and out. Um, I just, that's my game I go to and can just crank out in a couple hours and put it down for a while and then come back to it a couple months later, crank out. You know, I, I've probably played through this game at least 
30 to 40 times in my lifetime already. So, and, and maybe 100% of it, probably about five times. So I, on many different platforms and I just absolutely love this game. So that's what I'm bringing to the table. Nice. Thanks for that, Ryan. Next up, uh, Marty, why do you think you are qualified to represent Metroid, uh, excuse me, Super Metroid? Well, I'm probably the old man of the group here. So uh, it's this is uh, Super Metroid put mashes the nostalgia button for me in a huge way. I remember uh, sitting in my room as a teenager uh, playing this game and just being completely immersed at 14 years old, right? And being blown away by... The, the game as far as what they were able to do with it graphically, the level design, the way it all fits together, and it just, by the time you get to the end, makes you feel like an absolute just destroyer, you know? Uh, and you get to the end of this, this game, and there's this epic moment. Uh, but add to that that Super Metroid is the first Metroid game I ever finished. Mm. I never finished, but, well... Unless I mean, if you want to count the Justin Bailey code, you know, uh, in the original <laughs> Metroid, I finished that. But uh, wandered around Metroid Two forever on the Game Boy, trying to trying to beat it, and got to the end and just could not do it. But um, this it holds a special place in my heart, just as like being the first Metroid that I fully like got and understood, and and just dove into there. In uh, I'm like you, Ryan. I can pick it up, and it's almost like I remember. Boom, that's there. Boom, that's there. Boom, that's there, you know. Uh, and, you know, Mega Man's my bread and butter, so I get it when you say that. But, yeah, it's like this game, no matter the platform, brings back such feelings and waves of nostalgia. And, and to be honest, s- spookiness. It's a little spooky. Yes. It's a little spooky, uh, especially... For fourteen-year-old kid who is like staying up past his bedtime, um, trying to sneak in a, few, a couple more hours. Oh, Crocomire and <laughs> Fantoon uh, haunted my dreams. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent, thanks, Marty. And then third, but not least, Lamont. Uh, sorry, I gotta get used to saying your name. <laughs> Sam, you said it sounded like salmon, so Ammon, right? All right, there we go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Salmon, Ammon. Ammon. All right. Um, Ammon, why do you think you are qualified to represent Team Super Metroid? All right, guys. Um, The reason I know that I'm qualified is I have an uncle who works at Nintendo, has for the last 30 years, and he's told me all about these games. So he gave me these uh, insights into how... Okay, I'm making all this up. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I have to say, I have been into gaming for a long, long time, but I took college those years off for the most part, just as focusing on that. And as soon as I graduated, I started getting back into video games. Um, I got Super Metroid with uh, the Club Nintendo thing, rest in peace. And Mm. I can still remember the first time that I played it, and playing through it in its entirety, just realizing that this game is an absolute masterpiece. Like, Super Metroid, in my opinion, um, is 
like the Rembrandt of of the video game world. It's and I appreciate it for what it is. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's got incredible um, control to it. Uh, it's one of the games that I tell people like, hey, if you're a gamer, you have to play this. Like you have to play it at least once so you can appreciate history because I feel like it is a game that nobody remembers or knows and it's one that you can look back at and realize wow this is actually a very good beautiful game that holds up whereas NES games for the most part they're awesome they're fun but not as playable or even N64 games they're a lot of fun and have a lot of nostalgia to them but not as playable as other generations of gaming so that's where I'm coming from that's that's why I feel like I have a little bit of authority in this regard excellent thanks Ammon all right, that's actually gives us a preview of probably what we're going to hear a lot through these topics and categories. So we'll just jump right into it with the first category being controls and gameplay. I'm going to ask one of you guys to start, and here's a little bit of rules, too, to let you guys know, because we want to try to keep it short, right? We don't want to spend too much time on a lot of these things, because uh, I know the last time you guys did this, what, it was, what, four hours long? No, it wasn't that long, but it was a pretty long episode, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, was... see, we'll see what we can do about managing the time, and I'm going to say you guys each get about three minutes on a topic that uh, we discuss. You guys will get a chance to, somebody will bring up on one side, and then the other side will be able to... Uh, uh, retort if you will so with that let's do the first one here i'm gonna ask uh first side ryan we'll start with you i'm starting with you because twitter what's your name on twitter metroid hunter metroid hunter so i'm gonna start with you and you're representing of course super metroid and we're gonna talk Mm -hmm. about we got we're gonna talk about controls and gameplay but part of that, we're also going to talk about probably a little bit of uh, characters, I think. And we're going to actually jump right into the main character, Samus. What makes Samus more awesome in the 2D version than the 3D version or in Prime to you? What stands out for Samus in this game when it comes to controls and gameplay? The weight that you can move through environments so fast once you get the upgrades, um, the abilities that you can get, even the techniques that you can learn, like wall jumping, and eventually you can get to the point where you can <coughs> use the space jump and jump anywhere several times in the air over and over and over again, infinitely jump, um, and explore so much. Like You can explore like the ceilings of this game, uh, even the skies, and go all the way up to the very top and just you can cover every inch of this game whether you turn into a morph ball and crawl into the tiniest crevices going to the heart of the planet or you know soaring up in the sky with with space jump like that ability to go anywhere and feel really powerful is where it really shines nice you didn't even need the full three minutes for that did you (laughs) (laughs) all right with that, I'll give the opportunity for someone on the Metroid Prime side to answer the same question, um, to retort against why you would think Samus is better in the 3D environment than on the 2D environment. I'll go. I'll go ahead, Chris. Well, I just wanted to 
add at least one perspective on that. So something that Metroid Prime introduces that a 2D Metroid has not yet introduced because it's not really capable of of doing that. Um, in Metroid Prime and all of the Prime games, you are given the perspective of Samus herself. You you see what she sees, and so you have this really unique experience in that way where you literally become her. So you you see the rain droplets on her visor. You see her hey, breath. Hey, can you come you get see, Helen, please? You see um, all these different details that you wouldn't have noticed in Super Metroid because they're not available. Um, so that is something that I think Great. is very special about the Metroid Prime games. Okay. Jacob, did you want to add to that? Or add a, a new perspective to that? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that 100%. Like, you just, there's an aspect to a 3D Metroid that you see in Samus that you, you just physically will not get in a 2D Metroid game. Um, I know we're talking about Super Metroid here specifically, but I think that's the one thing that made this started to separate these two franchises. You, um, this game makes you f- really feel the atmosphere, and um, like you're with, like you are Samus, and you're with there, walking her through this journey um, that you don't really, you can't really capture that in a two D sense. Um, and Prime does that very thoroughly. Um, just from the first-person view perspective, um, we're, we're seeing what she's seeing. And I love that you mentioned the facts of, like, just seeing, like, just even the rain on her helmet. You know, like, they captured a new um, uh, vantage point that we were never able to experience before. And it really puts you in, in, the, in the suit of Samus Aaron. If I may jump in there on the, on the gameplay side of, of Prime in particular... Um, you know, even even today, I'm not a huge first person shooter kind of person kind of guy, but especially back then. But I, I felt like it was really easy to grab a hold of. But yet there was still so much you could do, like the morph ball for one. I think um, I think really sticks out on how well they implemented that into 3D and the puzzles that you're able to pull off with it. The level design worked with it well. Um, even the platforming, which is something I usually don't want to do in a first person shooter. I think worked out really well um, outside of the Morph Ball. Uh-huh. Um, like right now, I'm, I've been playing Doom Eternal that came out this year. It has platforming, but I, it's not bad. But I still think Metroid Prime that came out, what was it, like 18 years ago, is still almost pulls that off even better. Um, so I really appreciate it for that and pulling that off in a in what's essentially a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Cool All right, good. Good one. I mean, your time is up on the Metroid Prime side, but this gives the opportunity now for us super metroid side to finish the conversation in regards to samus in the 2d environment or in super metroid in particular marty or Hammond? yeah i think that for me that this is the issue that turned me off to to metroid prime from the very beginning is that going from a a game like (laughs) super metroid where i felt like i had complete and total control of everything that Samus can do and it was tight and it was well oiled and like it was I mean like everything worked uh Metroid Prime at times felt very tedious it felt like Samus was moving through molasses the the platforming was ridiculously hard uh to do in 3D there was 
like I found times I'm like, why am I having to jump up this giant cylinder to get to the top of this when I, this is dumb. And so I like, I, when I had this originally for the GameCube, uh, there was a point that I came to where it was just like, I'm frustrated. I'm done. I'm done with this. And I'd never done that with a game. And it left such a bad taste in my mouth that all the other things that you've said about the game are absolutely true with like the raindrops on the visor and the atmosphere and things like that. But I was so turned off by the controls of the game. Finally, I came back and picked it up on the Metroid Prime collection uh, for, for the Wii and beat it then. But it, it still took patience to, to get through that point. We all can't be good at games, Marty. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's play Smash. <laughs> hey, Evan, you got anything hey, you want to add? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to add something. <clears throat> so I kind of have to, to go along the edge. Oh, sorry, I'm new. Yes, I do have something to say. Nope, so I can good. agree that the uh, atmosphere of the game is beautiful um, for both of them, but for Metroid Prime in particular, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. But the controls, for me as well, it wasn't as fine-tuned as it could be. Um, I mean, it, it was fine and it was well. It was a, a good working game, but it wasn't perfect. Whereas I feel Super Metroid, the controls are absolutely perfect to a point where anyone can play the game. They can play it. They can have Samus do what you want Samus to do. But what I love about it is the more you play, the more you are able to master the technique of controlling her. Uh, so when you get really good at it, you can start doing the wall jumps like crazy. And they're not easy. If you know how to do a wall jump, they're still not easy. Right. But true. you can master that, and you can get really good at it. It's, uh, the, the controls are not cheap. They don't, you don't feel like you're being cheated by the game at all when you're controlling them. Um, and I, I just have to say that. The controls are near perfection in that game. Excellent. All right. Well, that uh, I had to start off with Samus because you know, being a main character, I didn't want to save the best for last. I just wanted to get that uh-huh. out of the way uh, because she's the main character. But the opposite of Samus is, of course, the uh, enemies and bosses that she fights. We wouldn't have a game if we didn't have that, right? So this time I'm going to start with Metroid Prime side with Josh. What can you say about the gameplay when it comes to uh, enemies and bosses in Metroid Prime? Uh, I'll go. So I'll kind of tie this into what I would also like to add about Samus herself. But in Metroid Prime, one of the things that's extra special about it is that Previously, we had a 2D experience that was phenomenal. There's no denying that Super Metroid is a fantastic masterpiece. But when, you know, it's as good as it can be in a two-dimensional space. But when you bring an entire epic adventure game and you add an entire new dimension Mm -hmm. where you go from two dimensions to three dimensions and Metroid Prime fulfills its entire potential in that entirely new triple dimension that that just i'm sorry that blows it out of the water that that makes it a much better game so when it comes to the controls as they relate to enemies 
this new dimension and opened up a whole new realm of possibilities where you can now go around an enemy and you can shoot an enemy from behind or from the side and it's not just front back side to side it's diagonal it's you know underneath it's it's all these interesting angles that are now incorporated into that Mm -hmm. and i think that metroid prime did such a phenomenal job of like i said fulfilling this extra dimension um so yeah i don't want to take up too much time um jacob or josh do you want to add anything to that absolutely i mean i think just the way of being in a 3d environment they added what just to capitalize on what chris said it opened up a whole new way to play Metroid. Um, in Prime, you're getting, obviously, you get different beams in, in 2D Metro games. Um, but this game really took it to the, uh, the next level. Um, they made your beams, certain beams, only be effective towards um, different uh, bosses and enemies. Like, they were... Some beams wouldn't hurt the other one as much, whereas in 2D, they, they kind of build on each other and you just get a stronger beam and a stronger beam and a stronger beam. And this, in Prime, they really make you kind of choose your the form your beam is. And I think, um, specifically into the into the snow area and, you know, the, the bosses that you face in that area, um, your beams are... Oh, let me think of the name of the guys. Um, the first guy is, like... It's Shegoth. Shegoth, yeah. Yep. You shoot him. If you have the back. To, yeah, in the back you have to use a they give you the what the wave beam. The wave beam is what you need to use to really affect these guys and other beams don't really hurt them as much. Um, and then the boss after that, uh, that I right the big boss is Thardus. And Thardus it's the first time they give you they take good use of your visor. Your visor allows you to see the weak points in your enemies and like this is where you need to hit them whereas in a straight up 2d metroid game i mean it would just be shoot 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 you know um where this made you get clever and in your gameplay it made it more fun it made it unique it made it seem like oh my gosh whereas in past metroid games just getting uh, more missiles and and beams and new suits um was the cool thing this had all that and more it had the elements of different types of visors, x-ray, heat vision, night vision, all these different elements that I feel like really just added to, again, kind of our last question, just the character of who, of how Samus feels within the game. Um, all right, so Jacob, I, your time's up. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to add to that. Joshua, oh, you'll sorry, get Josh. your chance in just a minute because uh, <laughs> your three minutes were up. But uh, okay. let's give the Super Metroid side a chance to uh, say what they're comments are in regards to the enemies and bosses uh, when it comes to gameplay in (laughs) Super Metroid. Alright. So, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to handle the bosses side of things. If you guys want to handle the some of the other things, if you want to pick apart some of the things of Prime or problems, things like that. So, anyway, um, I digress. Um, Enemies, uh, bosses that you fight in Metroid. Um, Ridley, the first one you come to at the very beginning, you can actually beat him. If you if you dodge those attacks and stuff, you can actually chase him off. Um, and then you move on. You know, you fight Kraid. Uh, you learn this, the first giant hulking boss that goes bigger than the screen. That's really awesome to come to that. And it's really hard to, to dodge all these projectiles and blast open his mouth and then shoot his mouth once it's open. Like, it's hard to do that. It's a hard mechanic to do to get 
and you're, you're thrown. That's your first boss that you come up against. Um, moving on from there, um, then you have to go in and fight all these mini bosses um, that actually change, like even the backgrounds when you take them out. Like the backgrounds start to die and change. Um, these really cool evolving environments that you play. Um, a a mini boss that when you kill it, it falls into lava and then comes back again, like, and terrifies you. Like, that is so scary. Um, and then a boss that evolves based on how you hit it. Uh, if you hit it with the beam, it'll attack a certain way. If you hit it with missiles, it'll attack a certain way. If you hit it with super missiles, it'll attack another different way. And it adapts to how you attack it. And that's just crazy that they, they did that with, with Fantoon. And then there's a boss that you can completely, like, one-shot, essentially, if you know how to work with the environment using the grapple beam uh, to electrocute um, the uh, Dragon boss. Like, it's just so cool, all these elements and, like, the things they put in and the care they put into these bosses. And then you have a tank like Ridley when you finally go up against him and, like, just taking him down. He does a ton of damage and takes a bunch of damage. He is a damage soak, and it's just, like, you feel... Like, he is a really tough boss. Even all the things that you've learned and all the powers you've gotten, it's still tough. And it's really cool. And then the final boss. How can we not talk about the final boss? The story they told in that final boss fight is unlike anything that Metroid Prime could ever pull off. Yeah, I want to just chime... I want to chime in here and say this, that I thought that the visors actually added an unnecessary level of complication to Metroid Prime. Uh, that was not even anything that was going on in any of the other games. It was mainly, like, the things you were figuring out were about Samus's... It almost felt like, at least in the first three games, it was like her intuition, right? It's not, hey, I can see through this wall now, or I can do this now. By There is the beam that you can get in Super Metroid, and it kind of leans into that a little bit. But uh, just that... I don't know, like, the, you got to take on the scan visor, and then you got to do this on the enemy, and then you got to do that. I just want to shoot stuff. Excellent. Time is up for you guys, and oh, okay. I apologize that my furnace is going off again. So if you hear a loud jet engine in the background, that is me taking off. <laughs> but anyways, I'll try to keep my side brief and put myself back on mute so we can hear you guys uh, debate this because you guys have some great content here but i wanted to give josh a chance to give a retort uh oh that gosh. team uh gets to get their three minutes uh the follow-up in this in this topic so i think one thing that made the the bosses and the enemies um so much actually yeah enemies and bosses so much greater actually in prime um well i appreciate what super had and the callbacks to what was in like the first Metroid game and Metroid, well, I don't think in two so much, but with Ridley, Kraid and that sort of thing. Um, I really do appreciate that. But yeah, I don't think it could scale up to what Prime could offer with its larger bosses, its 3D world. It's just sort of the nature right. of the 3D versus the 2D. Um, now, I, I, that might not be fair, but I think it's just kind of what it is. And I also appreciate how I think Prime's bosses are a little smarter uh, on the how you have to go about them. Like, some require a little bit more of a puzzle. It's nothing, like, frustratingly difficult to figure out what you have to do, necessarily, but it takes a little more effort. Even near the end with Ridley, which is a little bit more of just a focus-and-shoot 
you know, a sp- particular angle and all that, it goes on for a good bit. Like, it's it's a good fight. It's not like you run in, you blast them with a couple missiles and it's mm-hmm. done, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I uh, kind of lost my train of thought with that one. <laughs> but I, I just appreciate on how, how much thought you have to put into it. And if you can't figure it out necessarily, if you are a little bit... Um, lost, you can you can stop there and scan it, which you can get a little more info on the world. You get little sort of blueprint. Uh, I don't know how else to, to describe it. Almost like outlines that look like a blueprint of different enemies and things like that. That'll tell you more about them. Some of it would be helpful. Some of it's just for world building. And I really appreciate how they how they pulled that off. Um, and again, in a 3D environment so well, which was completely new to this series at the time. Beautiful. And you guys talked about this a lot when you guys were both, both of you guys, um, both sides, I should say, both teams, um, kind of leads us into the next uh, category, which is graphics and music. Hey, but before you do that, can I, can I say a couple things about the enemies and bosses? Nope, we're out of time. So we got to move on. <laughs> oh, full, fine. Time to move well, wait, on. Didn't, <clears throat> to be fair, I think our side got an additional 30 seconds. I think it's fair if they get an ex- extra... 30 seconds to add to that, unless I'm getting the times wrong. Uh, I got my timer going. Oh, so oh. I can go? Okay. So I want to say these about enemies and bosses for Super Metroid. Um, this game does an incredible job of just dropping you into a situation. The atmosphere is incredible. It's crazy. It gives you the goosebumps. One moment you think you're getting a, a missile, and then the statue turns into a mm-hmm. to one of those bad guys and starts fighting you. Or let's not forget about uh, Crocomire, the mm-hmm. enemy you have to fire and blast away mm-hmm. into the lava. And just as you think as you're done, you're walking away. There's the huge jump scare that just I, it freaked me out the first time. And I just have to say, the atmosphere, the level design of the game is incredible, setting you up for bosses. My last point I want to make is a fan tune going into the abandoned spaceship. For me, I was so confused like what's going on I want to know the backstory what is this spaceship it's not supposed to be here and I wanted to explore but you can't because the ghosts just keep appearing until it forces you and deadlocks you into this room where you have to fight Fantoon who is not an easy boss for someone trying him for the first time those bosses are <coughs> hands down some of the best bosses in gaming period nice. more so than Prime so, alright yeah. alright no more no more. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking the rules. Dog got it. No, no, that was good. All right. So, it's like but a real this debate. Uh, we are going to go and in, move into the graphics and music because you guys touched on it a few times in both what you guys talked about why you you can represent these games and also in regards to the controls and gameplay. But basically, we're going to start again. Um, we're going to go start this time on this topic with. Um, Metroid Prime side, and we're gonna. The question is overall, which game? Obviously, you're probably gonna go with the Metroid Prime, but which game uh, graphics? Which game's graphics is just as important as the story? Well, for Metroid Prime, <clears throat> the world around you basically is the story, mm-hmm. um, and the same. I mean, I guess you could say the same about Super Metroid, but again, if we're dealing with three dimensions with more detail and this extra dimension fulfilling its 
potential where every nook and cranny is literally filled with some kind of detail to add to the story behind that world. Um, I think that I think that Metroid Prime Prime's world tells you that story. And again, um, if you're not sure about something, you do have that ability to scan something in the world. And so that ability to scan an object in the 3D world adds that extra dimension of the story to the graphics in the world around you. Um, but uh, something that I think Metroid Prime does a little bit better than Super Metroid, because this is definitely something that Super Metroid has. It's these extra details in the world around you. When you're walking outside and you notice these birds flying above you, or you can, uh, you, you see like bugs crawling uh, against the wall as you're walking past a corridor, or um, you know, uh, this plant that has this unique behavior. Super Metroid had this a little bit, but Metroid Prime just has so much of it in spades. Um, so for me personally, I think Metroid Prime totally nails that cohesive, cohesive relationship between graphics telling the story of the world that it's in. Well, Prime had a more realistic take on the series from a graphical standpoint in a fairly early time in 3D gaming. You know, it wasn't quite to HD and that sort of thing yet. I think it did it very well, and I think it actually still holds up in its own way today. I think it sort of has a style to it. It's not stylized like something like Wind Waker, so to speak, right. but I, th I think with its realism, they almost went about it in a way that they knew their limits. So I don't think it's one of those that, that looks real funky to go back to now, like a lot of 3D sure. games can from that time, or, or, you know, in the 64 time even. But uh, I, I just think the way they pulled it off, and with the lighting, where you can go, um, you know, down in a dark cave, but then you can also be in the snow, and things are just a little brighter. Mm -hmm. It still keeps its theming, you know. Just about every Metroid game is fairly dark, but I think it, I think it all blends together really well and brings together that one cohesive world. Um, and again, you know, to be fair, Super Metroid, I think. There's, there's nothing necessarily like ugly about it, so to speak. I just don't think it quite provides the same interesting look that Prime does. And if anything, I think it actually is just a little bit too dark. That's just sort of my thought on it. It almost is a little bland. But yeah, that's that's just my, my take. <laughs> I just want to throw this in. I know we're running out of time, but um, I think our the Metroid Prime world is much more believable, whereas in Super Metroid, it's very beautiful to look at. It has these cool color combinations, but in Metroid Prime, you feel like it's a living, breathing world and that it's something that could actually exist somewhere in some kind of universe. All right. Super Metroid side. Yeah, so I just got to say, guys, we're comparing a GameCube game to a Super Nintendo game. Super Nintendo doesn't have the same kind of graphics. But I'll make the argument for Super Nintendo that for what they had to work with and for what it is, I, I honestly don't think they could have made it look any more beautiful than what it is right now. For what they were able to push the Super Nintendo to do, it looks amazing. Especially when you think back on other games, Donkey Kong Country. I remember thinking that looks so incredible. It doesn't hold up as far as the views go. This game, Super Metroid, is incredible looking. Um, yeah, another, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Marty. I was going to say, I jump like just the layers to each of the areas. I mean, you've got 
like in the abandoned ship where you find Fantoon, there's there's like mist and little critters running around, you know, that you can find, or and it's just that that level of detail. You, it it was the pinnacle of what they could achieve with the Super Nintendo. Oh, well, you know, the story that the this world tells you. Um, I've I've talked about it before, but. Um, when you start out the game, it takes you back into the first part, like the original Metroid, and you're walking through that area after it's all destroyed, after the bomb went off. And then you go down and you get your first power-up, and when you go to get your power-up, this eye starts scanning you. And um, the way that this world reacts to what you do, um, and when you start to leave this area, you go up an elevator, and the tiki's start glowing eyes start turning towards you as you go up this elevator. And the world kind of wakes up, and you're thrust into into like space pirates are suddenly on the scene. Um, it's just it's the way that they tell the story with the world and um, with the graphics um, and how things change around you and the diversity in the the biospheres in the in this one planet. It's just so amazing to me to see uh, going from like lava area to a beautiful like where the whole room is just filled with with cherry blossom petals falling from the ceiling, um, you know, and then you can go like even further into these water worlds um, and seeing like sand, sand waterfalls, if you will, underwater and just like shifting sands and things. It's just, it's just so believable, even for like 2D sprites. It's just amazing sprite work. You think it's believable? <laughs> you think Super Metroid's worlds are more believable than Metroid Prime's? I definitely do. For what they had to work with, yes. Uh, you think I'm, that okay. a cartoon looks more realistic than a movie? Okay, I, I just have to pipe in because that's kind of baloney. Well, now if, if the other side <laughs> I, is done, we can go ahead and yeah, you yeah, guys sorry, go ahead sorry. and do your response. <laughs> the Metroid Prime side can go ahead and do their response. Final statement. Okay, well, I didn't get to talk the first time, so I want to chime in here. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, first off, I think for the record, we all agree and that's what makes this a debate, is that Super Metroid does do what they did very well for the Super Nintendo. It, it looks great today. Um, and But that's just the facts of, of why we think 3D is better than 2D, is that 3D, you're able to get more out of what you really want to see in Metroid. Like, the environments that they put you in in Prime, and the fact, it's, it's all about that scanner. That was the big deal with the scanner. You had to scan the environment. You, you could see a corpse of a dead um, space pirate or some kind of animal, and you scanned it, and it told you details about what happened to this thing, which led to um, a foreshadowing of what was to come, what creature was right around the corner that you're kind of searching for here. Like, what happened to the ruins of this area? Why, the, why, why is this place in ruins in the first place. Um, so you scan the Chozo statues and their tablets, and you scan uh, computers of the space pirates, and they all have little tidbits of information that connect you to the overall story that makes you want to know more. I want to know why the space pirates are here. I want to know how this connects to the story of, of Metroids in general, um, how this connects to Mother Brain, because if you look at the timeline where Prime falls in, it falls in between the other mainline games. I think... Prime really just gives that whole new element to really help. It, this, it was in our hands to fully understand the story by searching for it. 
Um, and that would, that would that's what you would do in real life if you were scanning an area and you had to do your research and figure things out. It, it was kind of like being a detective in a way. So um, it makes it more fun. Go ahead, Chris. No, I, want, I just wanted to add to what you're saying, Jacob. I, I completely agree with you. But what Jacob is saying is just optional. So what was just the standard in Super Metroid is also there in Metroid Prime, but with the addition of what Jacob's saying, this scanning of the story and the, the items around you, it adds this entirely new, not just gameplay element, but story element, mm-hmm. which wasn't even there in Super Metroid at all. So... You know, again, Super Metroid just doesn't have it. Um, But another thing I wanted to bring up is that Metroid Prime, I feel at least, introduces you into how to actually play the game a little bit better than Super Metroid. Super Metroid does a great job with this, but I found it to be just a little bit obtuse. Um, I felt that it was a little bit more up to you to really experiment and figure out what to do, which is good in its own way. But for me personally, I would rather things be a lot more straightforward. Mm -hmm. So if I see a red dot, I want that to be an indicator that I need to shoot that or I need to scan that or or interact with it in some way. Whereas Super Metroid, sometimes you drop a bomb and it'll blow something (laughs) up. Sometimes you drop a bomb and it won't. And just like now, I'm dropping a bomb on the time. Oh, (laughs) boom. (laughs) Badoom! Oh. No. <laughs> oh, this is this is more fun than I thought. No. <laughs> Power, yeah. no uh, so going along with what you guys are saying, you guys got great arguments, especially when it comes to the graphics. Let's flip the coin and look at the uh, music side of things. And now I know Jacob, you love your music, but we're not yeah. starting with your side this time. Oh. We're starting with Super Metroid side. <laughs> Okay. So you guys, best for last. What adds not only the graphics but the music? Which game has the better atmosphere? Tell me uh, why Super Metroid <laughs> would have the best atmosphere. There's not a point in this game where the music does not fit where it's at and does not and breed anticipation for what is coming. Uh, whether it's you know that the laid back kind of the that bassy groove of the the forest area you know where you and you're you're going to find Craid and the 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 like the piranha mini boss uh, piranha plant mini boss type thing or when it gets down and you're in Norfair and you're hunting Ridley you know and it's this epic you know kind of uh, pumped up you know throbbing music there it's just there, and even even in those moments where it gets really quiet and it and it makes you like oh something's about to happen here right like some oh it's something's coming uh, and the down to I think my favorite uh, like the most memorable part of the game as far as the soundtrack for me is the final fight against Mother Brain uh, you know just when she wakes up and there's that you know and it's like it's drumming up and then there's this I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it sets that, that, like, I think everything in this game just goes hand in hand so well. You know, it's graphics and control and music that sets it all. It's a, I don't know who said it earlier on our team, but it's a masterpiece. I'll be brief. And I just want to say that the emotion that this music evokes is raw and real. Uh, the forlorn Meridia, the creepy as all get out wreck ship um the boss music right when he like 
you're thrown into a room and that music that plays strikes fear in your heart, it's awesome. Yes, that uh, to play off the mother brain, that music is just intense and crazy. And just when you're about to die, that very special moment where the Metroid comes and saves you, the music turns to a Samus's main theme. Like, you know you're going to win at that point, and you're just endorphins are running wild. And even just the end, the music chain changing, the last 10 minutes of the music from that game are just incredible. And I just have to say, agree with Marty that the music matches perfectly. And I'll say it again, I, I don't think they could have done the music any better. The soundtrack they have for Super Metroid, perfect for that game. Also, Metroid Prime's Coral uh, is awful. <laughs> Just throw well, that there. can start right into what Metroid Prime team would like to add to music and the atmosphere of the game. Go okay. for it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we discovered Super Metroid on our show a few weeks ago, and I said on that show, my hot take was, I don't think the soundtrack for Super Metroid's that great. And I, I really don't. I, I think it's... I think some music's out of place for the areas that it's in. To me, it just it doesn't capture what I feel that some of the areas should be. Not all. Um, and as a matter of fact, to give you guys some credit, um, some of the Metroid, Super Metro music is such a good staple that it's remixed for Prime in areas. You know, like so they use it in the Prime game. Um, but just going back to what what did Metroid Prime try to do in general? They were all about the atmosphere. And Metroid Prime took on a more ambient feeling. Um, it has, like, I, I think Chris's background speaks for itself. That's the first area that you go into that kind of gives you this wow moment. You walk into a pin, I hope I say it right, Pandora Drifts. Um, or not Pandora. I forget, sorry. Pandrana. Pandrana Drifts, sorry. You walk mm. in. Well, that's the ice one. That's not the first one, but it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it's uh, it, that area. You know, everyone knows what we're talking about. But you walk into, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Fandana. Like Town 4, the first world? Well, I'm talking about Fandana Drifts. Okay. Because it's just uh, it's this breathtaking open world um, that you walk into. <laughs> open world for what that time had to offer. But um, it was massive and it was beautiful. It was snowy. It was white. And the music that they put in there is just, you totally feel like you're on another planet. I mean, again, we talk about feeling like you are in Samus's uh, bodysuit. You are who she is, and you're going through what she's going through. Um, the music up and down through that game, it, from each uh, area that you go to, um, that was the that was the key was ambience. It wasn't necessarily about melodies all the time. Um, now, I will say, um, when you talk about some boss fights, dude, I think we all can attest that the Space Pirates finally got a theme that really like gives you an oh crap feeling when they're around um the space pirates i don't want to do it because i want to embarrass myself but they got an awesome theme song that when it when you when they were lurking and they were moving in towards your area it would have like a little like a the kick drums would start and it would just start playing on the hi-hat like you knew something was lurking and coming around you um, and then when they finally appeared, well, especially when they could like come and they were like invisible and they could appear and attack you out of nowhere, um, your their music makes my heart race and my my blood pressure spike. Um, and 
because it's they, they ambush you all the time in the game. So I feel like this game did a great job with the ambience, but also did a great job at introducing different en enemies and when they were in your area and when they were they were coming after you. I and think with that. Uh, <coughs> oh, go on, Josh. Sorry, yeah, twenty I say, seconds. I, I think when it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think with the atmosphere, um, I, I don't know if any other game does it better hardly than Metroid Prime with the music. As soon as you land on the Talon 4, and of course you've got the rain you know, pouring on the visor and things like that. Um, and again, the music fits with it so perfectly. Um, and especially, like I, I love like the last boss theme, how it just remixes that main theme, um, but yeah. oh, just in a new rocking way. Um, same with Ridley's theme there, um, but even outside the bosses, it's just so. Uh, like Jacob was saying, it's it just got this ambience to it, um, but but it's all unique, you know, depending on which part of the world you're in. I wish I had a soundboard so I could play certain haunting music when the time is running out and stuff like that. That'd be nice. So <laughs> you guys could hear it. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I don't. I'm not yeah. Jesse. Sorry. You know, I don't have his equipment, so. <laughs> but uh, Ryan, so, it's okay to be oh, wrong with about you the guys, theme, by the way. With uh, so now that uh, the Super right. Metroid side got to hear Metroid Prime side, you guys get mm -hmm. to say your final words before we move on uh, to the next topic or category. Okay. Any so final things? I, Go ahead. Yeah, what I would say, I'll make it short. The music in Metroid Prime is really good. I'm, I'm not going to argue that. I think the Super Metroid. Prime, or sorry, Super Metroid music is also very good. I do think it's a bit more iconic. Um, when you hear Super Metroid's music, you go, oh, this is Super Metroid. If you're listening to uh, Metroid Prime, you're going, oh, I must be listening to some sort of space music. That's the argument I'll make. Ryan, Marty, any last words? No, I think you said it well. All right. Well, with that, before we move on to the next topic or category, I do want to say that I forgot to do one thing between each switch from the uh, from each category, and that was give a category a point to one team or not. So I will uh, um, look at the controls and gameplay and mention that I will give a point to... You guys had some valid arguments. I'm looking, I'm looking at some of the notes here, so... Samus and the enemies. Sam Super Metroid versus Metroid Prime. I'm going to give this one, especially because of the controls and gameplay, I'm going to give this point to Super Metroid. I'll give the point to that team. Woo! So you guys get that first point. And then for the graphics and music, this one uh, I think is a little bit easier for me to give a point to and that is to Metroid Prime because of its it's moving on it's moving forward and <laughs> it's uh, you know not there's a lot of things and you're, you're immersed in this game from what I understand from the arguments and uh, especially playing it myself in both, both of those games but you're definitely immersed into the world because you're looking, as everybody has said, through the eyes of Samus. So the graphics are from that standpoint and the haunting music and the noises you hear, especially if you're wearing headphones, you can oh, hear yeah. it from all around. So definitely. I give the point to Metroid Prime in this case. There we go. <laughs> so it does mean we're tied up. It doesn't mean anything else. It just means we are 1-1 right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> so moving on to the next 
category. Next category is experience and nostalgia. So we talked uh, about some of the, you know, we talked about Samus, we talked about enemies and bosses and the items, we talked about graphics and music and the atmosphere that that gave. And we touched on a little bit from the graphics, how the graphics played into the storytelling. But let's take a chance, let's take a moment to talk about more of the story and how each of these games built on it. So since we started with Super Metroid first the last round, we'll go back to Metroid Prime for this round to start first. What, what's the question you're asking about the story? Storytelling. You know, which game did well in its uh, storytelling? Make a convincing argument. With Metroid... <laughs> Josh? Uh, with Metroid Prime in particular, um, I, I think uh, it had been somewhat mentioned before, it's it's got its its main plot. It's got where it sets you up at the beginning. It's got you know its ending, all of that sort of thing. Like pretty much anything should. But it also has a lot more than just about any other game still that I can think of. If if you really go, if you want it, if you want to go dig for it, you can find out what this crashed ship was originally for. It has nothing to do with necessarily the overarching gameplay or what you need to be, I guess, really laser focused on. But it is there. You can build the world as big as you want it to be basically um, and and if you really piece it all together I think it makes a nice big coherent story and one that's that's believable and you can really see where why this is here or why this is here um, and how that whole world connects um, it's got its own way of telling a story that I think was especially at the time was, was more unique um, than just seeing a a bit of a well, a, a bit of a cutscene at the beginning and the end, so to speak, without having you know a bunch of non-playable characters talking throughout the whole thing. Right. So something that I think <clears throat> Metroid Prime does, and you know, I kind of hinted and mentioned this before, but a, something that's new in the game is scanning. And when you scan things, you get background information. So it's not just the story that's going on with the things that you're scanning and what you're experiencing on the adventure itself. It's learning the details of every single item, creature, and plant that are there that give you this context, this added context to the story that's already taking place in front of you and that you're learning about. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. You, so you get an idea of why this plant played a role in that particular part of the story yeah. or why this creature was this intimidating force because you have statistics about it. You have these diagrams about what this creature, uh, the biology of what this creature is. You know, if, if it interacts with Phazon in an interesting way, uh -huh. you have these, like, scientific details about that. So this is not something that many games incorporate whatsoever so uh, Metroid Prime even if we're taking um, uh, even if we're removing every single game outside of it it's something that's just totally unique to Metroid Prime it, like bar none so yeah. yeah well the story itself just kind of led on to a mystery because you're there you start up in that spaceship and you're kind of figuring out what's going on and that the wreckage of that ship down is underwater. So the story starts to build upon itself and you're wondering, like, how are the space pirates involved here? And um, it just, the story gets deeper 
deeper as you go on. Um, and it becomes a lot more than just hunting a Metroid. And so I just love the mystery aspect to the story. All right, Jacob, uh, let me ask you this question. And I'll give your team another three minutes to answer this. And then, of course, um, the Super Metroid side, you guys will get a chance to answer both these questions as well. But this question is, is how does the story play into your... Um, your nostalgia for the game oh man um well i so like i guess let me understand the question properly like you want to know my specific nostalgia what i think about this game with the story yeah how did the story when you played this game how did it play into this you having nostalgia for the game okay well uh first off i got it for christmas so that's always a big deal uh, Christmas games, I think, have a higher memory bank for me for nostalgia. And second, I remember getting sick when I had this game. I, I got a fever that Christmas, so uh, I remember fighting the um, parasitic, uh, the the queen on the the, the, the opening scene um, in that level, and um, it all just sticks to my mind from those experiences there. But um, no. <laughs> I never played a, a first-person shooter like this, um, and it wasn't just straight-on first-person shooter. It was, um, what we talked about, it was about exploring this world, um, and you were more than just shooting your gun. You had your morph ball. It was about your upgrading your suit um, and adding all these special abilities to it. Um, so combining it to, I, t- I said this was the first Metroid game where I had, there was substance to what I wanted to hear and learn. Um, I wanted to know more about this world. I wanted to know why was I here? What the heck is the Metroid Prime? Why is it such a, a big villain? Um, I wanted to know, as a fan, um, what, more about Mother Brain at the time. Like I wanted to know more about her, and she wasn't even in this game, which added, again, to my interest of, well, how do I do a Metroid game, really, without Mother Brain being involved here? Um, so that's why I'm, how it affected my nostalgia for the game. Um, again, it goes back to what I just said last time, the mystery of the game. It kept getting deeper, and things... It just wasn't a straightforward path on figuring out the story. So um, that that's for me. What about you, Chris? Um, for me, <clears throat> like I mentioned before, it's one of my first personal game experiences. The GameCube, for me, is one of my first uh, consoles. I was kind of late to the N64 game, so for me, GameCube was a fresh, new, this-is-my-system experience. And... I'll never forget it. Metroid Prime, I believe, came out November 18th, or at least that week. And for me, autumn is a very magical time mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the surroundings... You're, what am I saying? The, the foliage <laughs> is very colorful and beautiful. And so this more mature look that was happening on the outside was kind of reflected into the maturity of the game in that way, mm-hmm. it's a very it's it's a more mature adventure game, and so for me it was a it was a fresh, you know, first person adventure game, which was unheard of at the time, and in a, a series that was so special to all Nintendo fans. So I was just so thrilled to get into it and experience what I had just at the time realized was a critically acclaimed game. I didn't know what that was at the time. I didn't know some games could be like better than others and for various reasons. And so while I was playing it, I was more like cognizant of those 
factors, like why this is so much better than just some right. silly, uh, you know, some silly game um, that was out at the time, like Shrek Party or <laughs> some crap. Whoa! <laughs> Come on, so, man. I just have to add to this was the first time we got to see Metroid in a 3D environment I mean everything in the past was 2D sprites um, we got to see everything in three dimensional I remember seeing those ice guys in the demo that they, sh- they, they gave out in a little trailer um, and it just blew my mind to see all of these creatures and what they look like in the best detail you could have at the time all right, let's give uh, Josh a chance to answer, and uh, again, I'll give Super Metroid Team a chance to respond as well. Yeah, so for me, I mean, from a nostalgia standpoint, this was, like I said before, my first Metroid game, and this story is the beginning of a of a new arc, of a new sort of a side story, so to speak, um, for Metroid, for Metroid, um, with a series that would continue for, for years after. Granted, we've had to, you know go without for quite a while now but with metro prime 4 um coming up you know it's it's almost two decades later and that story that started there is is going to continue now and i'm in a whole different place in life than i was then um then was a very difficult time in my life with my family and middle school and all of that sort of thing and now i have my own child you know so it's one of those things that i I think just has really spread out over time and his is coherent um i have no clue at four's you know, get a bring with that, but it's it's really it was really the beginning of a new story. So, how did this overall story play into your nostalgia, though? Hmm. Um, For Prime, trying to. When you think about that, let me go ahead and go over to uh, the Super Metroid time side. Hmm. So, because they've been waiting patiently for their turn, and I did uh, keep time for how long you guys went over, so we can. Uh, accommodate the Super Metroid team side. Uh, but I'm going to ask you guys the same question in regards to storytelling for Metroid Prime, but also how it played into your nostalgia for the game. Yeah, so um, the fact that, me- that Super Metroid was able to tell a story using pretty much an empty world like with no other characters to interact with uh, and no flavor text to be uh, gotten through scans or anything, I think is, is really an achievement. And the fact that you end the game caring about three creatures that you had seen throughout backgrounds throughout the game and, and wanting to help them escape while the planet is imploding around you, I think tells a testament to the story. That's that's being told here, uh, as well as those final moments with Mother Brain and the baby Metroid and different things like that. Um, as far as the nostalgia goes, for me, the the tying together of Metroid, which was a game at that time that I had not beaten, and Metroid 2, which was also <laughs> a game I hadn't finished, but knew enough of the story to, oh, hey, here's the returning baby, you know, that type of thing. Um, it really kind of gelled it all together for me. And I, I just, like, I think that for me, and I'm going to try to articulate this the best way that I know how, that, like, the primary story piece of a Metroid game is that empty, isolated exploration. 
And the Super Metroid did such a good job of doing it. I think that's why it sticks with me. And I think that's why it's nostalgic to me. Is I had never played a game like that before. And I don't think I've played one since. Yeah, and I can say that the, the story, how it bases off nostalgia. Um, I'll, I'll put this out of the way. Prime was the very first game that I played. I, I didn't beat it the first run through. And really it didn't make me interested in any other games. Super Metroid, I came back or played for the first time, and it reminded me of when I played the first Metroid game at the very beginning of the game. When you go get your first missile, the same eyeball that opens up that scene, I'm like, wait a minute, this looks exactly like the first first Metroid. And so I kind of started freaking out, like, is this is this supposed to take place on the same planet? And yeah, it does. The uh, story that is being told and how it unfolds is incredible how it does tell this story without having anybody write you any messages or tell you what's going on. The story just kind of unfolds as you're walking through this area. And because it is a empty game of no characters except you and the the monsters, like it's up to you to figure out what's going on. There's no one to tell you. You just get to see the artifacts, you get to see that there was some sort of civilization, the, the Chozo, that left all of these items for you on your adventure. And my imagination runs wild when you go down to, to Norfair and you're like, okay, there's all these crazy ruins here, the statue just came to life, what is going on? The story leads to a, a very, very dramatic and beautiful ending. And that plays on my nostalgia, like it's something that I want to revisit, and every time I do revisit and beat it, it's uh, very satisfactory, exactly what I was looking for. As far as the experience goes, um, throughout Super Metroid, it's a completely immersive experience. Nothing's really interrupting it. Uh, You may get stuck in a frustrated part, you can't figure out the controls, but it's not that the controls are bad, it's that you've got to fine-tune your platforming skills. And so you're, you're pushed forward through this experience. Um, the only thing that probably takes you out of that experience is probably, like, grapple beam and x-ray scope because you have to stop and you have to kind of, like, do something weird, and it kind of pauses the experience that you're experiencing. And I would say the same thing for Metroid Prime, whereas scanning takes you out of the world and interrupts the immersive experience. Um, um, if you don't scan things, the experience gets really dull, and it's dependent on you doing this thing that takes you out of the world and just kind of do some some story building, whereas Super Metroid didn't have to do that. Um, sitting around, you know, the small TV at, at my, my cousin's house, and it's all, like, ooing and aahing and, like, screaming in terror when things happen, like, you didn't get that from Prime. That just wasn't a thing. Like, we played together, played Prime, and it just not the same experience. It didn't invoke those emotions. It didn't give us that nostalgic experience. Um, not to say that it didn't have that Metroid ch- charm, but I think it missed the mark um, overall um, with, with my nostalgia and uh, with the experience I had with those games. Excellent. This will be the time where I'll ask Josh to go ahead and uh, jump in and give his ch- uh, side of Metroid Prime. Um, to kind of under sorry about that <laughs> to understand the question a little bit better with the nostalgia side of it um, yeah I, I think it um, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it again just kind of what I was mentioning earlier I think it's one of those that 
especially where it's been continuous and and, and it had that that build up with Metroid Prime One. Um, I, I think it was it would really set the groundwork for something that could last. Um, there was a lot of of mystery to it, and you could go through it. Um, you could go through it without scanning anything completely, and you would still get a coherent story that that all tied together. Um, and I think one that would even make me want to continue throughout the game to see what happens by the end of it. Um, again, the scanning, that little extra there, um, I think just adds to that. And and it makes me want to, to see that same sort of storytelling even back for four. And to be honest, really, I, I thought it was one of those things that I was, I was actually really impressed how it didn't feel like it was taking me out of the experience where... You know, it wasn't like necessarily having to completely pause and go through a menu. It was actually part of her visor that I was able to scan, and it was you know uploading to her suit, so to speak. So it all still tied together. Um, if that <laughs> makes a little more sense for the for the question. Yes, thanks. And I apologize if it was a little confusing. Um, I, for me personally, I guess it it kind of goes on with for me nostalgia wise is I think um, I forget which one of you guys said it but I didn't beat the first games I think it was you Marty I didn't beat you know Metroid I didn't beat Met- Samus 2 on the Game Boy I played them I tried to beat them they were hard for me as a kid <laughs> so I was like okay these are cool but I didn't play it to that extent um, and I I played mostly through Super Metroid and then I what really got me into it was uh, playing on the uh, on the Metroid Prime, which got me because of the story and stuff like that for me, understanding more of the story through Metroid Prime. So, um, and for me, it was nostalgic because of my uh, young, oldest son. He had uh, he had the GameCube. It was his. Uh, and I started playing more games on that, and that's why I got into Metroid Prime because I remembered my Metroid game experiences. So that's how I felt it was nostalgic for me, is because it, you know I started feeling like, oh, this is awesome! I can play Metroid again, uh, again, get a feel for it, and that's what got me into some of the other 2D games back on the Game Boy Advance and stuff like that. So um, I think there's with storytelling, and there's probably more deeper nostalgic pieces to that without taking too much time because I wanted to make sure we touched on nostalgia because after all this is uh, Nintendo nostalgia right so (laughs) I wanted to make sure we had enough time to talk about that and bring that up in experiences and nostalgia but again uh, this is a hard section for me to be able to give a point on so I'm going to ask one more question to kind of help me make a decision on where the point's going to go for experience and nostalgia and that is the challenge. I want each team, and I think we started with Metroid Prime first, so I'm going to start with uh, Super Metroid. Tell me about the challenge of the Super Metroid. How much of a challenge was this a game compared to Metroid Prime? Let's put it that way. And then, of course, Metroid Prime, you can think of it in the opposite way. You know, I'm going to say... You're saying how much of a challenge? I would definitely say Prime is a bigger challenge just because you got to pop some Adderall or something to get you through all the scanning and texts to, to get you through <laughs> to the end of the game. 
Um, the ch- like I said with Super Metroid, it's a fair game. It's it gives you the controls, and it's it's not gonna you're not gonna feel cheated as you play um, and controlling them. But it's it's a challenge, and you have to to get good at it to get to the places that you need to be, or to get more items to fight uh, Mother Brain with more missiles. Super Metroid is the perfect game to cut your teeth on platformers and to learn the mechanics and get good and grow in that environment. Um, And even more so if you have some kind of guy that walks you through things nowadays. Um, But it's just, it's something that helps you build those fundamental things that'll carry you through the rest of platformers that you'll ever play. Um, That's kind of something I say that they did really well with that experience. And so the challenge in that is kind of learning in the silent environment how to control your character and everything is tight so it's it's not like it's going to be unforgiving it's just you have to figure it out and get good if you will um and and a lot of people don't like that and i don't feel like you have that necessary experience more timing in metroid prime and how you dodge and like knowing like where to hit the certain spots or you know it just it's a different combat. It's a different feel, whereas this is platforming magic. Yeah, I think that this is definitely... Metroid has always been good about this, I think. And I think... Well, I won't say they've always been good about it, because, but I think Metroid Prime... Or, sorry, Super Metroid's where we first see this, of a scaling difficulty. Like, you know, the game gives you what you need to accomplish the task at hand, but by the time you get to that pivotal moment at the end and you've got the hyper beam and you're blowing mother brain away then it you know that's kind of like a reward for all the things you've gone through up to this point um and it never i do like the fact that it never feels unfair but the game's challenge or the game's difficulty level lets you know okay you need to be here or not Right, it's you have to take your cues from that. Like, oh, I'm I'm dying a lot here. Well, maybe I need to go back and explore and find some other things. Good timing, Marty. That was right at the end of the one minute left that you guys had. <laughs> All right, Metroid Prime side. What do you guys got as far as challenge goes for Metroid Prime? Well, I mean, I want to add to the fact uh, to Amon's uh, Amon's um, comments. I mean. If you can't appreciate the beauty of what Prime is trying to do with scanning, um, then I think you're missing the whole point of the game. The whole point of this game, Nintendo's all about different experiences. And a 2D Metroid game is all about, yeah, let's shoot things up and get stronger as we go. And with Prime, you get all that. You get your power-ups. You become an OP freaking bounty hunter. But... The whole point of Prime was to give you a different experience, and Nintendo wanted to capture putting you in a world that took you away from reality. I can't play a 2D Metroid game and it necessarily take me away out of real life. Metroid Prime, I'm looking through the eyes of Samus's visor, and um, I'm experiencing an atmospheric music ambience um, like no other. And I have to scan my surroundings to find the beauty in this world and to tell myself what's happening. Um, But the scaling of difficulty in this game 
Um, I feel like it fairly um, slowly increased itself to uh, just getting better uh, over overall in time. Um, it gradually showed you uh, with each area um, the up next kind of like what you get in a Zelda game and, and in the 2D Metro games with every upgrade you got um, it, the, the difficulty scaled up just a tidbit and that area that item you got in that area um, really helps um, you uh, tackle new obstacles and uh, issues that you run into so I found <clears throat> I personally found the controls of Super Metroid to be somewhat unnecessarily frustrating because you know, they did what they could with a D-pad, but when it comes to the grappling beam, when it comes to, comes to the shine spark run thing, those controls were just not fun to play with. Um, I think that the challenge in Metroid Prime, the game itself, is just right. I think the controls for the adventure that they tried to create were just right and perfect with the controller that they were given. What we're what we're comparing here is two different games. We're not comparing controllers. We're comparing the games that were made for those controllers. And for me, I find that Metroid Prime mastered the controls that um, they were given. And, uh, yeah, Metroid Prime is basically a perfect th uh, 3D Metroid game, whereas, in you know, before, they did what they could with 2D. But in... With Metroid Prime, if you get an extra dimension, and if the developers take full advantage of that extra dimension, it's going to be a better game. Why? Because there's more there, there's more to digest, there's more game, there's more challenge. Go ahead, Josh. So with the challenge, uh, with with the challenge of Prime, I think again, it I think it fits a little more coherently. I think it. Um, what, what's the word? Scales a little bit better than Super, at least in in my. Um, experience with it with super i feel like there's a little more especially with the bosses there's a little more like reliance on how much of this for lack of better terms i apologize how much of this bullet help can i survive um you know while i'm firing you know the 100 missiles at it at the same time okay. with prime i feel like you had to for again for lack of better terms you had to to get good a little more you had to know how to dodge around certain enemies and things like yeah. that. Um, you had to rely a little bit more on that. Granted, I know part of the challenge is finding those hidden items um, and things like that. It's really the same in Prime. And like Chris was saying also, they, they also are just mechanically different in, the, in that sort of way. Um, even with that all being said, I do think Prime just playing out scales just, just a wee bit better than Super does. Oh, also, uh, <laughs> um, to add to that, uh, I forgot one of my points. With, with Super, I feel like with it, uh, it's a lot easier for me to just sort of hit a brick wall in that one. Um, even after playing through it several times um, throughout the years on and off, um, yeah, I'll get a good momentum going. And then there's always like a couple spots, and I swear sometimes it's the same ones, um, that I just come to a complete stop and have no clue where to go. Um, or, or or like the first time, um <laughs> it was it's a couple hours into the game I feel like but like I didn't know there was a run button mm. or it, you know it it goes so slow when you do hit it like you'll hit I forget what it is maybe Y or mm -hmm. something um, if you hold it for a second you're still not going to know it's a run button um, you have to you're you know, supposed to read the manual yeah well, <laughs> also played it first on the Wii <laughs> alright with that said uh, going back to Super Metroid side any final thoughts or uh, uh, remarks in regards to challenge 
Well, I mean, I, I don't think that you can blame the game for you not being able to play it. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's not that's not a, that's not a game flaw. That's a you flaw. Here, here. Same uh, with the. Sorry, but but hey, I mean, you know, I'll be generous and say that that they could probably say the same thing about the fact that I can't platform in Metroid Prime. Uh, but you know that is you you know you can't take tight uh, platforming controls and make it 3D. Sorry, you just can't do it. Um, I I don't have anything else. I just wanted to throw that in there for good natured little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just have to to point out that the controls I I still think they're they're near perfect in in Super Metroid, especially with the D pad. It's it's tough to get the wall jumps down and other things. It's but it makes you a better gamer, I feel like. I feel like in games where you have to do wall jumps, you can almost nearly do it perfectly after playing Super Metroid. Hmm. Ryan, anything? I mean, what other game lets you moonwalk backwards and shoot? <laughs> yeah, that's a Moonwalker? Yeah. There you go. All right. True. Well, I guess now it comes down. <laughs> that was weak. It comes down to making a decision on who gets the point here. And while I figured that out, I want you guys to think of your drop the mic comments. That's the next category for your uh, particular game. So think of that while I ponder which game I'm going to give the point to. So, But keep in mind... What's drop the mic? Drop the mic is basically your uh, kind of, it's not necessarily last remarks because I still have a, uh, a category that you guys don't know about. Um, but it's kind of like crossfire, final thoughts type of thing. But basically your last remark where you're basically saying this game is the bomb and you drop the mic and that's it. On so, the game entirely or just the... Uh, on the, the game, your um, game overall. Oh boy. So think think of that while I think about your comments in regards to experience and nostalgia. So again, I'm wow. I'm trying to think of what I I'm trying to keep of my stuff out of it, right? So um, mm-hmm. and I want to think about what you guys said about story and challenge, um, and your nostalgia especially. Um, and I again, this this is tough, uh, especially being a Metroid fan. So. Um, I'm going to go with, um, Ryan, what did you say the last thing you said there? What was the last thing you said? Oh, uh, just the ability to moonwalk. It was was an option in the control features in Super Metroid that you could do. All right. Shoot while while firing. One point to Super Metroid because you can moonwalk. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) No, not the only reason why, but... Uh, you can't help but think of nostalgia for an older game, obviously, because of Ugh. just its age, probably. Um, but there, even though it didn't have the storytelling that, say, Metroid Prime does, you have to give the game some credit, I think, for what it did tell on um, what little what tools they had in the game and what kind of things they had to build the game. So... Um, I think there's some of that in there, and of course, challenge. It is a challenging game, but it seems like it is a positive challenge game um, where you learn from your mistakes and you get better and you play and you beat the game. Um, so, with that said, uh, it does mean that uh, the Super Metroid does take the lead with two to one, um, but you guys get the opportunity to drop the mic. 
doesn't mean you guys will lose if uh, one team does get the point over the other, or it doesn't mean there's a tie because there is another category afterwards. So keep that in mind as well. So let's go with drop the mic. So I'm going to do... I'm going to flip Dark Samus here and see how it lands. And if it lands on her back or its back, then it means Metroid Prime goes first. If it goes land straight up, then that means Super Metroid goes first. You guys ready? I know you guys can't see this, but I'm just gonna flip it, hopefully not break it. And it's on its back, so that means, what did I say, Super Metroid goes first? So, or excuse me, Metroid Prime goes first. In the drop the mic. So what final comments do you want to say to drop the mic in regards to Metroid Prime is X Go for well, it, Chris. Metroid Prime was uh, Metroid Prime took what was already arguably a masterpiece with Super Metroid. Super Metroid's a masterpiece. There's no denying that. But where Metroid Prime succeeds is that it took that formula and not just brought it into a 3D space, into a whole new dimension, but it took it into the first person's perspective as well. So what would have been pretty good for a 3D, uh, a third person adventure, it did even more by bringing you into the perspective of Samus and adding these new uh, gameplay elements of scanning for the story around you, for these visor abilities where you can see through enemies and you can interact with them in that way. You can see where their weak spots are with the the, the heat visor. And on top of that, <coughs> adding a new dimension brought a whole new element of fun into the puzzles that existed in, Metro- in Super Metroid. So the Morph Ball puzzles are so much better than Super Metroid um, because Super Metroid hardly had them. And the bosses were much more interesting and complex, which added to the challenge. So, you know, what was kind of fun for Super Metroid, where you shoot the face a few times or shoot the back a few times, now it's these all, all these different elements where you use the spider ball, the uh, you know, uh, shooting like diagonally, diagonally um, all these new exciting elements that the dimension... The added dimension inherently adds to the experience. To add to some of what Chris said, even there at the beginning, um, I think Metroid Prime took what was what Super Metroid did great, and it, you know, in its own great gaminess version of it, and it made it cinematic in a way that still worked without being um, distracting. Um, I think it still all flowed coherently, really well together. Um, and again, with that, I just feel like it also took a genre that wasn't used to that sort of thing, that wasn't built originally for exploration, and it did something completely new with it, and again, with the storytelling in different ways with it. Um, and I think it all did it all very well. I think it translated what, what worked well in 2D into 3D, and it made it even better in a new way um, without it feeling quite as gamey as, as say, like Super Metroid would have, which was more of an improvement over, um, I want to say more of an improvement over what was like first put out in the original Metroid or Metroid 2 mm-hmm. than it was so much of a new revolutionary thing. Um, and I'll just add, you know, Metroid Prime 
could have copied the popular formula at the time. The popular formula was Halo. It was, this is the first first shoot 'em up type of deal. It didn't. Metroid Prime came out and it set um, itself to do something different than what the rest of the uh, gaming world was doing at that time. Metroid Prime set itself apart by being unique, by taking advantage of Samus's suit entirely from, like, what, what Josh said, or um, Chris said, from the the spider ball and, and um, the morph ball, uh, your different visors, your different beams. Um, it, it took so many different layers and added it into a 3D environment to um, make you experience the story by um, being proactive, by being a detective, by scanning everything you're doing. Um, so the game itself just brought you into a whole new experience that we really had not experienced in gaming at all at that time. And then I'll just at, end off with, you know, unlike the 2D games where you kill, like, Samus and he just kind of screams and blows up, it, it's a lot more satisfying to just lay a, a nice sucker punch on Ridley in the very end um, and as Ridley falls to his doom uh, at the end there. Uh, oh, my... I mean, pulling at Ridley's, like, freaking heart with your grapple beam, that's, that's pretty special. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's a lot more satisfying than launching a thousand missiles at him. Good point. And Super Metroid side, how about you? Uh, your opportunity to drop the mic. I, th- I think it's interesting that you guys uh, classify, Chris especially said, that uh, Super Metroid is a masterpiece because the technical definition of a masterpiece is that you cannot be improved on it. It is the pinnacle of that creator's um, Thing. You know, we don't take the nobody goes, oh, the Mona Lisa, that's a masterpiece. Let's put it in 3D uh, or, or do anything like that. So I, I think that when we look at Metroid, I've always believed that Metroid works better in the 2D space because a 2D space is in a way more limited and it makes the developer have to be more creative and find ways around things, whereas in the 3D space, it could just be, well, you know, uh, like with some of the things that, the improvements that we saw from Super Metroid onto Metroid Fusion, which, just to be honest, that is my Metroid masterpiece, is Metroid Fusion. Uh, And we could spend another, I could spend two hours talking about the virtues of that game. Uh, But... I don't disagree either. But the, the, the whole thing about Super Metroid is that you, you, you look at the, the entire package and also look at the package that you got for, or, or look at the time that that package was delivered in, correct, right? Fanta- uh, top-line graphics, top-line sound, top-line control. Uh, it is what we would call today an absolute 10-10 game, right? Uh, if it were... You know, as and we don't, we rarely see those in our in gaming culture today. Period. So, uh, I think all of that coming together makes this the superior game. Well, Marty, you said that better than I could have. But to add to that, Super Metroid, I believe, is such an important game to gaming. If, uh, like I said, if people ask me what I think some of the most important games are, I think Super Metroid is right up there with them. I, I have the opinion that if someone plays Super Metroid, they're more likely to 
to play Metroid Prime. I'd say even more so than the other way around. It's one of those things that's, it's, I think it's, it's just about perfect. It's beautiful. It runs smoothly. It runs well. You can play it 32 times. Is that how many times you played it, Ryan? Um, and it just, just <laughs> it's just beautiful every single time that you do it. It's, it's a new game. It's a game that will probably still be played 100 years from now. People, and people will be able to appreciate and enjoy it. Just like Prime. So this game is so revered and so well played that people have exploited it down to the code and have discovered glitches and things that they can perform with the moonwalk to clip through walls and speedrun the game. And it has made a speedrunning culture. And this game is famous for games done quick runs. And opening up this, the world to that, um, it's just amazing to see how that culture grew just from people wanting to find push this game to its absolute limits to find out where they could go with the code and everything. And it's just amazing to me. Um, and Metroid Prime, what do you get? Uh, you, you get glitches, yeah. Uh, like, you, you go to shoot a door, and you're waiting for a minute or two minutes for that door to finally open. And you hear the GameCube disc spinning, you know, trying, trying to load that room. Still waiting. Nope, still not opening. What do I do? Do I walk around? Do I walk? Do I go into the next room, come back in? Oh, nope, still doesn't work. I can't get to this door. This is broken. I hate this experience. So, Super Metroid did it flawlessly. Metroid Prime, not so much. Can I just add that it's not really our fault that your GameCube was broken? <laughs> hey, it was a perfectly good condition long. disc and a great GameCube. Thank you. I don't think you should wait a minute for a door to open. I've never heard of that in my life, but... Agreed. That's okay. Uh, continue with this crossfire. I'm enjoying this. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I can keep going for you guys, a long time. Just keep going. Time just keep going. Crossfire. Chris, what did you Fire say about, at each um, other. Masterpiece. I mean, as I said in the chat, uh, what's better than a masterpiece? A masterpiece of that masterpiece. Right. I think I'll take a extra refined masterpiece, please. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I have to. Sorry, can I pipe in? Sure. Sure. I have to say, if I have to say that, if I'm watching uh, The Godfather, I'm not going to trash The Godfather 2. I, I love both of them. I love Metroid Prime and I love Super Metroid. Um, oh, I, 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 but I can I can I point classics. out a comment? Yeah. Can I point out a comment that I made? Sure. In the I said I would love a remaster of of Metroid Prime if they were to take that game and perfect it. Um, someone yeah. responded to that. What did they say? I, Jacob said yes, please. But you know I'd love a remaster of Super Metroid because there's a lot of crap wrong with that one. That's true. So, I, uh, I being honest, I would love it if they would take Metroid Prime and make it a playable 2D game. Oh, it Jeez. already is. I love it. A playable <laughs> 2D game? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. That's so funny because I literally saw, I mean, I would love to see Super Metroid in a 3D atmosphere while we were having this. Oh, I'd, I'd like that, actually. That'd be cool. <laughs> no. this, there's the a way that Nintendo can make me play less Metroid in the future, and that is to continue to create 3D Metroids. <laughs> what if they put well, in, like, a side third-person third view? Well, they did that. It's called Other M, know, and I everyone know. seems to hate it except me. <laughs> I love Sorry, it. Sorry, that was the sarcastic joke. Other, other M is pretty good. good. Yeah, it's fun. You got some fun. other M fans here. It is well, fun. Touch, touching on something that Emmons said, I love going back to the classics as well, but 
you know, I appreciate them for being the classics. It's just not as fun as something that took what was pretty fun at the time and made it that much better and modernized it. And, you know, just because it came first doesn't mean it's best. So for me, the thing that's more closer to our timeline is the project that learned from the mistakes of the previous game and understood what worked, what didn't work so much, and brought it uh, a whole new bunch of uh, exciting new ideas into the mix to make it more fresh, exciting, and, uh, you know, now they understand what actually works. You know, I've got to point out the legacy of 2D and 3D Metroids. So 2D Metroids, um, banger after banger, they just get better and better and better. And 3D Metroids, Prime has got some stinkers, some big ones, or just even 3D Metroids in general. Um, You know, Federation Force with its chibi graphics uh, and stuck on the 3DS. Um, You've got Metroid Other M, which has a boatload of flaws. Uh, Metroid Prime 2 is did not live up to its first I- I- iteration. Metroid Prime 3 was more Halo than it was even Metroid Experience. So it's getting further and further away, and they've tried so many different things, and they've kind of butchered it. Whereas the 2D Metroid Experience has refined with age and has grown better and better and better. Even, like, Samus Returns, like, a remake of the 2D game earlier, like, they improved upon that, and it's always ever growing forward. Um, it remains to be seen on Metroid Prime 4 and how good that's going to be, but so far, I'm not too impressed with the whole 3D genre of Metroid, and I feel like it doesn't capture the spirit of Metroid. Ryan, it's funny you well, mentioned that, with that because that is one of my questions that's coming into the next section that I'll ask you guys right now that you can uh, answer while I try to figure out the winner of the Drop the Mic section, which is... Prime. For... <laughs> Or which is, uh, for each of your games, what do you want to see from its sequel? Not necessarily saying Super Metroid is going to have a sequel, just saying that there's going to be a 2D game eventually, that we mm-hmm. all hope, right? So what do sure. you want to see yeah. from the next new 2D game? Or from Metroid Prime's perspective, what do you want to see from Metroid Prime 4? Metroid Prime Who, 4, or starting? I want... I really want to see them take on that big AAA um, cinematic experience that we get from that, from the games that don't ever come to Nintendo, where they say, "Oh, it's too this game's too good looking, it's too powerful, it's too too big for a Nintendo system." You know the dumb arguments that always happen with those those games. I really want to see them do a lot more um, in depth storytelling with this one um, to to combine a cinematic uh, feature with with the gameplay. Um, and you know, to what credit to what Ryan said, I feel like Metroid um, and the 3D space started to they look at the time frame when the Prime games came out. They wanted to increase the sales of the game, so they tried to start. They got closer to mimicking what Halo was doing at the time, and which is something I I don't I did I didn't I'm not a fan of. You know, it, they should need to get to their main roots of what made Prime um, amazing. That's why this argument's about Metroid Prime, not Prime 2, not Prime 3, not about Federation Force. Where I can't believe you even put that in. You even <laughs> said anything about that, Ryan. It's not even the same type of game. Um, so I would love to see them get back to the roots of Prime and just give it a polished-up look uh, uh, and a more cinematic uh, storytelling there. And less talking. No, not barely any talking, seriously. Let the game tell itself. 
Um, Chris? You'd rather scan things and read for hours. Yeah, I would, actually. <laughs> I definitely agree with a lot of what... Oh, I'm sorry. He's <laughs> Whatever. No, Josh, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I definitely agree with what Jacob was saying. With uh, I'd like to see them go back to that, the, the way they had Metroid Prime built, the first one um, in particular. Um, because, I, again, you know, with the 3D ones, um, it, it did take some awkward turns after that. I think Prime itself was about perfect. Um, but I would love to see them go back to that and just make it bigger more than anything. Make it more grand. Make it more cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make it more again like that. With with it still being Metroid, I don't want it to lose its identity. But but make it feel a little more like that big AAA sort of budget deal. Um, with again, it's still being revolutionary in its own way. With it still feeling Metroid. Um, you know, not Call of Duty or right. Halo or what have you. Yeah, um, for me personally, uh, I, I think Jacob and I might differ in this way, but I I would like them to explore the characters that exist in the game and maybe even introduce some new ones because, you know, I think we can all agree that there are some really interesting characters in the Metroid universe, mm-hmm. regardless of the game. Sure. Um, even in the Metroid Prime, you know, the, the later games that we're not even discussing right now, Metroid Prime 2 and 3, um, 3 really comes to mind. I thought there were some interesting characters there. So it would be cool if they could uh, bring those back into the spotlight because I think that they had a lot of potential. But I'm not really interested in like their relationships i am interested in how they kind of interact with each other because a lot of them have these unique features that have these you know really cool that, that can call for some really cool interactions but there are some things that are just possible more possible or uh possible in general in a 3d space that just is not possible in a a 2d space and they're both great in very different ways but you know i think something that would be interesting would be incorporating samus's spaceship a little bit more they kind of played around with that in metroid prime 3 i think it would be kind of interesting to um you know add a little bit more puzzle elements with that or maybe even some shooting uh shooting elements you know kind of mix up the the genres that are incorporated in the game um and you know in metroid prime something that was just so special about metroid prime is how they brought in these new gameplay ideas that would have worked just fine in 2d but just somehow made were made so much better in a 3d space so it'd be really cool to see if they could come up with some new really interesting ideas that just none of us saw coming so that's what I would like. I'm more interested in the gameplay aspect of, of the next generation, especially with the, the Switch's capabilities. Yeah. Me too. How about the 2D side? Uh, one of the things that, that I've really enjoyed about the Metroid IP, I guess, is that it, it spawned its own type of game. You know, you, we, we call things Metroidvania and different things like that. Uh, and one of the, the best... Metroidvania games that I've played over the last few years, and I'm, I'm kind of loath to say this because of the creator, is Zeo Drifter. And one of the things that I felt like Zeo Drifter did really well is the Metroidvania formula spread across different planets. And I would love to see something like that be brought into the Metroid universe, uh, a broadening of this, the scope 
of of it, whether whether it's two D or three D. I think it would work well in in three D or in two D. Uh, and and you know, I mean, my hope is there's that lingering specter of Metroid Dread out there that we never got, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. was supposedly like we we have this this story of Samus where like the actual physical character of Samus has shifted so greatly by the end of fusion. And then it's, we've had radio silence. Mm -hmm. I need to know what's going on with her. I want the continuation of that story Uh, because I thought one of the things I think fusion did so well was bring in that background through the, Storytelling during the elevator rides mm-hmm. and at different times. And I think that I, I want to see more of that in a, in a 2D sequel. I, 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 have, I have to say, too, um, is talk, talk about Metroid's legacy. Met, Super Metroid came out. It was a critical success. Uh, I don't know if it was a huge success, but it was critical. Uh, people loved it. It was great. Its legacy lives on through not just Nintendo, but through so many other uh, developers. They make Mm -hmm. games that you can clearly see that they're like, wow, this was a really good game. I want to make a game like it. Mm -hmm. It has affected so much of gaming. And I love that uh, Metroid Prime was made and that it's it's a wonderful game. I'm glad they didn't try to make another Halo. Um, But I, I think it's so important that that masterpiece, Super Metroid, led to that and so much more. Um, I can't really think of any games that came inspired after Metroid Prime. I mean, it's it's sad to say that Metroid, shortly after Prime, started getting inspired by, oh, let's see what Halo's doing. How are they doing? Let's let's inspire our games from there. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Has it inspired other, other games that you can directly see? Um, the only one in recent memory that comes to mind is Morphite. Um, but it didn't do very well with that experience. But yeah, it's a similar prime experience. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, I have to I have to speak up on this part. But um, Jedi Fallen Order was actually inspired by Metroid Prime. So, and they even said it on uh, when they were talking about that game uh, that. The, the, the whole development was around the same type of things they played when they played Metroid Prime. That is a good game. Do you have any uh, like specific Sorry. examples about like what about Metroid Prime they tried to maps kind of incorporate the maps? Oh, okay. Oh, so it, it's kind of like a Metroidvania. I've never played it personally. It has some Metroid elements, but it's more. Um, Metroidvania elements, but it's more of the Metroid Prime aspect. Where Metroid Prime is has those metroidvania elements it's still i don't view it as a metroidvania game it's you know something entirely different because of the 3d aspect so and but the the maps and the way you traversed the grounds and and how you looked at your map the actual map itself you know and then managed your your weapons they said was all inspired by metroid prime interesting i'll have to look into that one it took aspects that were more unique to Prime that weren't necessarily, you know, stemming from Super Metroid or the ones before it. Um, I have a different take on what I want. Most people don't have this this feeling, this opinion on what I want to see the 2D Metroid space go to. 
Um, I want to see it scaled back the hand holding a lot. Um, I really like Super Metroid and how it kind of left you to your own devices to discover things. You know, um, you can get that feeling in an open world like Breath of the Wild. You can go and just discover things. It doesn't tell you a whole lot. I mean, it has some helpful things, but just go and explore. And I'd love to have that option in a 2D space. Um, and, and I don't want it to tell me, like, oh, there's secret items in this room. There is, you know, there's a circle on your map. So, you know, you got to get that, that item. And instead, discover it on your own. Like, if you want to 100%, like, go for it. Um, but I want that challenge, and I want it to get harder and have that platforming element. I, I want that difficulty level, not just enemies are just harder to kill. Like, I, I want that harder experience. As, as a platformer, I want more of a challenge. And you can say, oh, you know, go go on over to play, oh, what's that game? Um, that Metroidvania game, uh, Hollow Knight, was it? That's, like, insanely hard. Like, go in and play Hollow Knight. That's fine, but I want that experience for Metroid. And, and a lot of people, like, they want the story to flesh out, and I just want the challenge. Um, I want that that platformer to refine even more and become something I can really hone my skills for as, as someone who likes to react quickly and do wall jumps and kind of, like, push myself further and how can I do this better? And, like, I just want to get that experience instead of just sitting through walls of text and in exploring the story. I like the silent stories, um, but I don't want to lose gameplay out of that. And so that's what I really want to see moving forward. Great comments, everybody. I love what I heard here. And uh, uh, if I could, I would say um, both games win, obviously, but uh, because we want to have a definite winner here, I have to give points and all that kind of stuff. But um, Before you announce the winner, sure. I just want to say I really like your hat. <laughs> Thank so. you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Check your Venmo really quick. What was your bank account number again, Tim? That's right. Yes. Oh, wait. I'm getting I'm getting pinged here. Let me check my phone real quick. <laughs> uh, all right. So. And, and remember, if he picks Prime, his Twitter handle is Neo Prime. So <laughs> it was it was expected. Yes. Yeah, so here's here's the thing. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in regards to the the surprise topic, because it was a surprise, you guys couldn't prepare for it. It is more points. It is worth three points. So whoever gets Whoa. those points um, essentially wins. Because um, in regards to drop the mic, I think, again, you guys were close in your arguments. Again, both games are, like I said, both games would win in my in my personal opinion. And it's just your preference that wins out right but i think in regards to drop the mic arguments i would have to say marty had a good argument in regards to you can't make the mona lisa 3d so (laughs) i thought that was pretty good drop the mic comment so super metroid gets the point which yes in normal circumstances would mean that they would win but because i had the hidden comments and stuff like that or the hidden questions Uh, in regards to what you would want to see from the sequel, I felt that Metroid Prime won that, which means Metroid Prime is the winner of this contest and is the definitive Metroid game. Take it. Take it. Justice has been served. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a cheap shot, but okay. But regardless of what happens tomorrow, everything is right in the world as far as I'm concerned. With that being said, like I said, 
it's up to the player, right? It's what they're in for, it's what they want to play. If they want to play 2D, they, they're going to love the 2D. If they want to play the 3D, they're going to love the 3D. Or if they're a Metroid fan like me, you're going to play them both and you're going to love them both. So, <laughs> Either way, both 2D and 3D are both really amazing at what they do. Um, and I love Metroid all around, so I mean... If, if we get, I, I actually hope we get another 2D Metroid before Prime Four is done because, just like Marty, I'm itching to know what comes after Fusion. I've been wanting to know since I was in the sixth grade. Darn it, uh, Fusion's my favorite 2D game. So I'm with you on that. You can't go wrong with any Metroid, and it's, um, it's it irks me how much little love Nintendo gives Metroid as like they give to Zelda. So I wish we'd quit Fire doing Zelda them. games for a while, honestly. And mm-hmm. get more Metroid. <laughs> Can we have both? I, I, I'd be okay yeah. if they replaced Fire Emblem with Metroid. Leave Zelda in there, but you know. Alright, relax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Where they, are my ice climbers? <laughs> Alright. Good so point. Fine. None Fair. of that. None of that. <laughs> it's too late for that for me. Um I, I think the Metroid franchise is probably Nintendo's, like, best franchise, um, or at least very up there, like, might even be number two. But, you know, like we've said, both games, Super Metroid and Metroid Prime, are masterpieces. I think all of us can agree with that. They're masterpieces in their own way. It just so happens to be that Metroid Prime is more of a masterpiece. That's but, right. Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, I think it was really interesting to hear everyone's comments about where Metroid should go in the future, because when Super Metroid came out, it was released to, I don't want to say little fanfare, it just wasn't as popular as it should have been. And ever since it came out, it has been this super trendy game and even its own genre uh, ever since. And, you know, it, that was ages ago. And so, so many titles have been inspired by Super Metroid and just the Metroid franchise in general so it'll be really interesting to see what the next original Metroid game will have taken from all these fan games that that take all the things and really understand what makes Metroid so special and you know how they interpret that into this official Nintendo new uh, iteration so uh, I, I am very excited about what the future holds because of that. Great point. Samus Returns gave the mechanic of being able to, to point at any angle that you wanted to by just holding down the L button. Um, and that's very much refreshing in a 2D space. So I'd like to see that going forward um, with those improvements, taking on things from all these Metroidvanias that have come out now and a lot of new ideas. And I want to see Nintendo spin on, on a new gimmick, on a new idea, new, new ways to play with, with Samus, but, um, but also keep that same iconic Metroid feel. With the series starting in 2D and uh, doing so well, again, with Super and with uh, Samus Returns and all of those, um, and then over to Prime, where I think the first Prime, I think the first few, honestly, the, <laughs> the first main three, I think all feel great in their own way. Um, I am curious to see if there is another dimension to that that they haven't really explored as much yet. Um, I think other M sort of started that and I, I think can be explored a little deeper than it was. I think it still felt a little more like a 2D one. But I am curious to see if there is another another layer to that um, that we haven't quite reached yet that this this setup, this uh, the core gameplay can carry over too well in the future. 
Like I said at the beginning, I just hope they, when they do get past the Zelda 35 stuff, that they get to a Metroid 35 type thing. They and, better. And just, just, just give us a bunch of stuff in regards to Metroid. You know, give us, give us ports, give us new stuff for 2D and 3D. Uh, give, give me um, apparel. Uh, you know, stuff I can buy. Uh, you know, Absolutely. more uh, give me stuff from the store, mm-hmm. the um, my Nintendo stuff. I want to be able to. Yes. I'm saving my points for that. <laughs> so, give me a <laughs> yeah. uh, a Metroid uh, themed Switch with Joy Cons yes. and Pro Controller. Give me all that stuff. I want all of yes, it. Please. <laughs> we could all do for if someone that's interested. Uh, if anyone's interested, there's a stress ball. There's a, a morph ball, stress ball. On uh, Amazon, nice. <laughs> it's like twelve bucks. Nice. So, well, that's it for me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the show. Um, long. I want to go ahead and give our guests a chance to plug uh, where people can find them. Uh, so let's kick off with our moderator, uh, Tim. Where can people find you? I'm on this little podcast called the Nintendo Dads. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, I'm the newest Nintendo Dad there, so. Uh, I'm just obviously honored to be a part of that show and, of course, uh, a return guest to you guys, so I'm honored to be here as well. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to moderate, but you can find all the Nintendo Dad stuff, including Marty as well, <laughs> at, the and table. the dinner table. Yes, we do have the dinner table, which we do for our Patreons to join. Our own little monthly podcast that anybody who is a Patreon can join, and we talk about various topics there. Uh, and then we have the End Dead Crossing show, and then we also have the Dad's After Dark show. Lots of stuff that Nintendo Dad are doing, plus a whole bunch of reviews that we do on YouTube. But uh, most importantly, our podcast that we do every Thursday night and at least Friday morning. Uh, but I was hoping to leave some stuff for Marty to say, but uh, <laughs> I'll pass it over to Marty. Just <laughs> take it all, man. Uh, so you can you can find me on social media at Marty Estes. That's uh, both uh, Twitter and Instagram, or you can connect with me on Facebook. Uh, again, I'm I'm on Nintendo Dads too, uh, and have been on Nintendo Nostalgia before. Previously, set the record for the longest show. That they've ever done, so that I, th- I think, or it yeah. was one of the longest shows talking about Mega Man. Uh, go figure. Uh, and uh, you can f- we Tim, you failed. I think did you mention our website? You can go over to NintendoDads.org and check out everything that we've yep. got going on, including Extra Life. We're doing Extra, Extra Life, Life this weekend, and uh, we are just uh, you know we're in it to beat the Mega Dads. <laughs> that's that's why we do it. Yes. No, we do it to uh, help sick kids. And uh, Tim, I think the update that you shared earlier was uh, that as a team, we're already fifty percent of the way to our goal. Right. Yes. Awesome. That's pretty we cool. We haven't even played a game yet. Yeah. <laughs> so that kicks off uh, November sixth at eight a.m. and goes for forty-eight hours. We will be streaming for two whole days. Uh, between me, Tim, Justin, and another team member, Antonio Contronio, who's actually doing his own stream. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Very cool. Yeah. Ammon? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter um, and Instagram. I'm uh, Ambone88, A-M-B-O-N-E. Um, I like to make memes part-time. 
Also, you can find me at my wife's Instagram. She she does a lot of really funny stuff, and I'm on there sometimes. And that's Abby Ayers, at Abby Ayers on Instagram, A-B-I-A-Y-R-E-S. And it's just comedy funny stuff. So, yeah, come check us out if you're bored. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, uh, most of our listeners know where they can find us um, in our individual places. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say, like, just like, give you guys a chance to plug your, your Twitter if you'd like to. Uh, Chris, Jacob, and and uh, Josh. Yeah, follow me at NosJacob73. Um, I'm just on the Nintendo, Nichol- Nintendo Nostalgia Chat sometimes, so you can just mm-hmm. find me there. And I am at Whopper seven four four games. And you can find me at Metroid Hunter on Twitter, and um, I will also be doing Extra Life uh, this weekend. I'm uh, gonna be playing Metroid games until I am forced to play Mario Odyssey again. Huh? And I'm thinking about if my team that I'm on uh, hits their goal, um, I'll if it happens in, in a decent time, I'll probably switch over and actually break my my abstinence from playing Metroid Prime. Uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy. I was holding out for the, the Switch version, but I will break that, <laughs> that that holding out and play on my stream if if my team makes its goals for Phoenix Overdrive. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening. That brings us to the end of the show. Uh, you can listen to the show on uh, the Nintendo Village, uh, nintendovillage.com slash Nintendo Nostalgia. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and I believe Amazon and Pandora Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, on our Instagram at Nintendo NOSIN. Shoot us an email at NintendoNostalgiaIN at gmail.com. You can also also give us a call on our hotline at 317-969-5690. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week. Later, Preston. Bye. Bye. See ya.